Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. I'm Nora. And my name's Celine. And we're part of crew at the Adventure Science Center in Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. which is just like a youth engagement program. So we high school students volunteer and get to work with kids and teach them about science and do a lot of cool stuff like this podcast. Mm -hmm. So for our first segment, we're going to be calling it Today in Science. And today we're going to be talking about pollution and global warming in particular. And so this has been, I think, a lot more prominent in our senior year of high school this year, mainly because there's been a lot of activism going on in the United States. And I know for me, at least, I recently joined like um, an environmental science class. And I feel like before this class, I did not care about the environment <laughs> at all. It didn't matter to me. I was like, oh, who cares? I'm, I'll be dead. But after this class, it's really easy to learn like, oh, this matters. This is important. Um, yeah, I always, you know, loved the earth and I liked being outside and stuff. But I was always like, oh, well, when there are big issues, I'll be really old. Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not something that needs to be on my mind because this is an issue for other generations, mm -hmm. you know? So it was a lot of just like, meh. And that's just, I feel like that's definitely just like the wrong mindset to have. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it just comes with being uneducated. Yeah, I mean, know? that's how we got in this situation is people being like, the environment? Mm -hmm. We need, you know, gas for our cars and hot water for showers. Mm -hmm. So, And the big part of something that is so prominent right now, but we can definitely go out and changing is pollution, global mm, warming. Yes. Especially because we're talking today about some major air pollutants. And so, of course, we know CO2, nitrous oxide, ozone, methane, um, carbon monoxide, like particulate matter. And so it's kind of like a lot of this stuff can be easily easily gotten rid of if the entire world would work together to create regulations for it mm -hmm. and so do you want yeah there's a lot of damaging things that go on and they last for a long time especially with carbon dioxide so with carbon dioxide it particulates of it about 10 percent of what's initially released will last in our atmosphere for 10,000 years so that means when you're driving around in your car today you were releasing emissions that are going to last you know, past your lifetime, past your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, those admissions are going to be there. Mm -hmm. So, And then even more, like, more important is kind of, like, things that we don't really mention, like methane. Mm -hmm. Methane is such an awful pollutant. Like, it's, I think it releases, I think, like, it's something crazy, like, four times or, like, ten times percent, ten times more, uh, just, like, like pollutants than carbon dioxide does but we don't really talk about it and so you know it's like methane it's released from a lot from like uh animal agriculture really really badly a lot of methane is released from animal agriculture and we just kind of ignore it because we want to eat some bacon we want to eat that bacon <laughs> <laughs> you know so next time you make fun of a vegan about mm. that, and which is also just a really true thing because we tend to like say, "Oh, they're so pretentious. Why are they? Yeah. Why are they acting like they're better than us?" But it's like they're doing their part. What are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Just because you don't use a straw because you want to save the turtles doesn't mean the rest of the earth is. Mm -hmm. You know, we need an earth for the turtles to live on. Mm -hmm. They so. say the best way to enact change is to do stuff with your money, but you vote with your dollars. You mm. know. All of these corporations, 
they're like they will not change unless they see their profits going down that's a big problem right now yeah and if you're looking for some companies to support i know ben and jerry's in particular has been they've been really mindful about this i actually went to ben and jerry's a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and um i was really surprised but they gave me a wooden spoon (laughs) i was kind of like what like what is this (laughs) what are you doing here Mm -hmm. but you know i mean it was a spoon and Mm -hmm. so they're doing their part Mm -hmm. and so it's up to us to support those who are doing good things for the environment Mm -hmm. you know and then another pollutant is like ozone yes and so i feel like a lot of people hear oh they're depleting the ozone layer but do they really know what that means probably not (laughs) really because there's two types of ozone there's Mm -hmm. the good ozone Mm -hmm. and there's the bad ozone Mm -hmm. and Celine has a a phrase about it oh little little catchphrase (laughs) my teacher mr stanley he says good up high bad near oh no sorry Good up high, bad nearby. Yeah. Right? And so we want ozone in our stratosphere. Uh, stratosphere. In our stratosphere. Because the ozone in the stratosphere, the ozone layer, is what protects us from harmful UV rays from the sun. But what's going on is that it got depleted so badly. Because back in probably, it was like the late 90s, what was going on is we had a lot of like aerosol sprays. And what was happening is that when we would spray these aerosol cans, a lot of... Um, chlorofluorocarbons would be released and these just accumulated in the atmosphere and they did not go away and so what's happened is that these would become very polarized they'd become very um very they'd accumulate in large numbers at the poles like condensed yeah and so what would happen is that it would just deplete the ozone layer near the poles and so we saw a lot of melting of like the glaciers and that's why some people don't believe in global warming because they say, oh, well, some places like the some places near the equator, they're warming up, they're getting hotter. But in contrary, what's going on is that the poles are getting a lot warmer because of the fact that the, the CFCs are being concentrated in these areas. So it's like the ozone layer depletion isn't even. It happens in different places, you know, and it just happens to be concentrated in these two places, which is why we see a lot of the UV rays getting in at the poles. That's why a lot of people are saying, "Oh, our glaciers are melting. <laughs> What's going on? What's going to happen to our polar bears and penguins?" You know. So that's a big problem with ozone there. But ozone nearby is we want that because that helps. Good up high, right? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's why we don't want it nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then nearby, it concentrates and it just makes our planet that much hotter Mm -hmm. so you know the greenhouse effect that's what's going on is Mm -hmm. we're just heating up the planet so yeah you might see like some bad winters and stuff up in the north but that's not because global warming isn't happening Mm -hmm. it's just another side effect Mm -hmm. of global warming is that we're getting this extreme weather that Mm -hmm. we don't want yeah and then also just ozone nearby it's like it's a respiratory irritant it can like it can um, aggravate asthma and other respiratory diseases. So we don't really just, we just don't really want that. <laughs> mm, mm. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, well, you know, climate change is a natural thing. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's happened in the past. Like, mm-hmm. why are we so concerned about it? But what's going on is that our CO2 levels mm-hmm. are rising rapidly. Mm-hmm. And they're going, you know, like, what is it, like 80 or 100 parts per million past the highest recorded um, CO2 levels in the past so this isn't just like some natural ph- phenomenon that's mm-hmm. going on it's that it's a natural phenomenon that's now being exacerbated by human behavior yeah because we have um, a chart that we looked up online and what it was showing is that from 400,000 years ago 
to probably about 1940, the highest recorded was 300, like 300 parts per million. Of CO2. Highest. And so it would just fluctuate between like 300 parts per million and probably about 180 parts per million, but it never went higher. And so we saw a very, very rapid increase after the 1950s, which a lot of us probably know is like when a lot of people came back from the war and a lot of industries started building up. We had the baby boomers. We had so much stuff going on then. And we see it rise up just exponentially so fast, so quick. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like (laughs) people are denying a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of scientific evidence and not, not to get political, but um, there was something going on, and I think the, our president was talking about how global warming wasn't real, and NASA had to come out and say, global warming is real, please reconsider. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just make sure you're, make sure you're you know, like, informed, you know? Yeah. You don't have to, like, be on a certain political side to know that we need to keep our planet safe. We need to keep our Earth clean. Yeah. We need to have it available people in the future generations. I mean, and, there's a lot of different viewpoints out there. Mm-hmm. I just, like, people need to be informed if they're going to make any kind of opinion. You know, Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Because there are people out there who say, yeah, the planet's hot. And that's okay (laughs) because we want that heat. We don't want people dying Mm -hmm. from the cold. Mm -hmm. We like the heat. And it's like, yeah, that's an opinion you can have. Mm -hmm. And at least you're informed, Mm -hmm. you know. And there was a big, so I know I mentioned the chlorofluorocarbons earlier, which was, like, a big precursor to ozone. And that's why there was, like, the Montreal Protocol where all, like, I think it was, like, 180 nations mm-hmm. it was some yeah. it was a very high number of nations they all came together and they agreed to limit the emissions to like nearly about zero by a certain time and they all met that and so now our ozone layer is slowly getting built back up better right? is the u.s included in the, montreal? the u.s was included in montreal okay yes yeah, so what happened what you're thinking of is that there was also a second um like protocol treaty that's called the kyoto the kyoto protocol and kyoto tried to do something where they would limit like carbon dioxide Mm. and what had happened with that was that they had a lot of countries on board but the the protocol the treaty it didn't limit the emissions of developing countries because the reason for that is because they said that oh developing countries they haven't had the time to industrialize like we have for example we're already developed you know and so is countries like europe and like australia we don't really need the extra up extra hand and if they said developing countries we don't want (laughs) we should give them the opportunities that you've had too, you know? Yeah, but the issue with that is the reason we're in this mess is because mm-hmm. we developed not thinking about mm-hmm. how is this going to affect our planet. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, maybe developing countries should go for more for an industry that's mm-hmm. geared towards saving the planet, mm-hmm. you know? Because as you said, we vote with our dollars. So we mm-hmm. support them. We're supporting these industries and mm-hmm. we're supporting these good behaviors. And Nora and I, we actually went to China together last summer. Mm-hmm. And when we were in China, so many people ride bikes, they have mopeds. The transit system is so efficient. Yes. And then they have bullet trains. There's so much public transportation. And China has actually doing, been doing a lot lately to limit emissions. So they have been making their, it's like <laughs> their little um, multi-floored towers just of trees, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And of course, you can say what you like about China, but they have been making strides to try to limit their um, pollution given off. Because when you look at the amount of pollution that is, like, um, how much, like, which countries emit most, like, global pollution and stuff, China is number one right now. But think about it. China has over a billion people. Yeah, they got a lot of and people. And then when you narrow it down to per capita, it's the U.S. that's first. And so we may not be first in total amount of, like, 
pollutants released, but <laughs> per capita, it's us. <laughs> also, we're not doing too much about it. We're kind of kicking back and we're saying, oh, man, this mm-hmm. looks real bad. <laughs> you know? But, hey, <laughs> this looks real bad, but it doesn't, global warming, not real. This is just, yeah. <laughs> it's like the girl in the horror movie who's like, oh, I hear something down the hall. Let me go investigate and see what happens, you know? And it's like, you know it's a bad idea. You know she shouldn't go out there. And she goes out there anyways. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We know there's an issue, mm-hmm. and we're just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. So. Our national parks, it's, you know what? I think we should just move on to our next segment so we can get back into this stuff. So our next segment is, like, what is a call to action. Yes. What can we do and to mitigate these effects? What's being done currently. Mm-hmm. And what's being done currently. And so earlier, I actually kind of wanted to hit on the fact that, um, actually, you go ahead, you go ahead. I'll sit on that for a little bit. Sit on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna sit on that. Call to action. Mm -hmm. Um, For our call to action, let's talk about the animals for a minute. Oh, gotcha. Let's talk about our furry friends. Our furry friends down down on the earth. Now everyone knows about extinction. It's natural. It happens. Things die off. It's sad, but it's just kind of part of the circle of life. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Now the natural. They call it the uh, background rate. It's about one to five species for year, per mm-hmm. year. About two right now because it's like one for every million species. Mm-hmm. And we have two million right yeah. now. So or estimated. That's the consensus right yeah. now. Yeah, so it should be about two species per year. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're losing species at 1,000 to 10,000 times that background rate. Mm-hmm. So even 1,000 times, which is the low figure that they're guessing, that's a thousand times, mm-hmm. you know? That is a thousand animals that we're losing mm-hmm. each year. Not even an animal, it's species. So species. whole, like, populations of animals are just completely yes. gone. And that's having dozens go extinct each day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we don't do anything by the mid-century, we could lose as many as 30 to 50% of all species. There's actually a, um, you know how we say, oh, there are a lot of global extinctions. Like the first major extinction was the dinosaurs, blah, blah, blah. They say right now we're in like the fifth major extinction era right now because of how bad we are treating our animals, which is crazy. (laughs) She's like, oh, we're part of that right now and we're not doing anything. Yeah, and a lot of this is because of human activity. It's Mm -hmm. because of habitat loss Mm -hmm. and introduction of exotic species industrialization species, yes mm-hmm. species that don't belong mm-hmm. where they're being brought yeah because you know us humans we pick up you know cool snake <laughs> right mm, mm. i want that <laughs> yeah just take that with us wherever we go mm-hmm. you know and that's it's a big problem in florida because you know florida's crazy and they have all <laughs> they have all these weird animals just mm-hmm. running around mm-hmm. and like boa constrictors mm-hmm. eating little dogs and stuff and to get on this not even just animals like plants too because yeah. you know they have uh kudzu mm-hmm. kudzu it's such an invasive species. Like, when you're going down the highway and you look at the trees, sometimes you'll just see vines and you see dead trees because kudzu will just, <laughs> it will just cover the tops of trees yeah. and block any sunlight from getting to them <laughs> and just kill everything. And we're like, mm, we brought that over. We brought, You know why we brought that over? Why? <laughs> we brought that over to mitigate erosion. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, the vines will grow and the, the, the soil will stay in. So now we just brought an invasive species over there. <laughs> and trying to fix one problem, we mm-hmm. just, boom, kill all the trees. <laughs> it's like, yes, <laughs> more. We wanted more. <laughs> no. Oh, I wonder how um, erosion's doing now, then. 
erosion very very bad because of deforestation oh boy because <laughs> we need those roots to keep our soil intact and that's just another big problem deforestation we're mm-hmm. that actually okay so since we're on this we're on this fact the trump administration has altered the endangered species policy and so what's going on currently is that they have made it more difficult for animals to be put on the endangered species list and they have made it easier to take them off and you might ask okay what like why (laughs) why is that and it's because they're in order to like in order to build something construction sites in order to have construction sites in order to have like um i can't find the word like oils not not just oil just like anything just like and like industri- industry just yeah. have like industry you have to the area you're building in it cannot have endangered species on it right that you have to make sure there's no endangered species and so in taking these pe- this species off the list it makes it easier for big companies to come in and just start cutting down trees ruining habitats in order to for their own financial gain and that's just a really big problem because not only does this destroy the habitats of animals and our our extinction rate is already so high mm-hmm. it's just cutting down trees that's erosion erosion leads to like sedimentation in our waters and it's like there's just so much stuff that it's just a ripple effect you know yeah you know we're all interconnected mm-hmm. you know we've all heard about the food chain and mm-hmm. everything these are mm-hmm. basic simple ideas mm-hmm. that we're just completely ignoring so that way you know some company can build a new plant or whatever mm-hmm. and we can have more of you know whatever american and just junk yeah and i think it's important to because i mentioned this to a lot of people and no one knows about this fact they say i've mm-hmm. never heard about about that yeah. and I, I i learned about this at the beginning of this year so it's been many months since i've last heard about this and i don't particularly know if they've changed the yeah. policies or not yeah the first time i heard about it was because celine told me <laughs> she said oh you know trump did blah 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 blah." not necessarily trump the administration so trump it could just administration. be people under him right yes. right but you know i like to think of myself as well informed mm-hmm. you know sometimes i'll pick up a paper and mm-hmm. you know I'll scan through it mm-hmm. and i hadn't heard about any of this mm-hmm. you know so i think a lot of it is just getting the word out there yeah yeah you know so what one group is doing to kind of try and get the word out and do something is there's a group of young adults who are suing the u.s government Mm -hmm. because they're saying our treatment of the environment is infringing on their right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness happiness because they won't have a life Mm -hmm. when there's no earth Mm -hmm. it's the case is called juliana versus the united states Mm -hmm. if you want to look into it um i'm not sure how it's currently doing but i think they're trying to get it to trial so I mean, and even if, because I feel like them winning the case is definitely a long shot. Yeah, I think it's not, it's super likely. It's not super likely, but the fact that they're doing something, you Mm -hmm. know, they're getting the word out and even if they don't win, well, at least there's more awareness. Yeah, you know, and it's expensive to <laughs> to sue someone, <laughs> especially the U.S. And they're mm-hmm. doing a lot of um, like reports and stuff too, of like scientific data saying that this is a problem that can be stopped. Yes, that we can stop our carbon emissions. We can mm-hmm. stop our methane mm-hmm. emissions. We can move to like elect elect electricity cars. and doing other forms of. Um, getting energy you know Mm -hmm. like for example because electricity in general does generate a lot of carbon because a lot of electricity is powered by coal right right but there's sustainable energy for example we have like um 
like hydro hydroelectric energy so it's just like turbines like mm-hmm. water turbines and then we have dams to where and then we have wind energy the, the only problem is that it's expensive yeah right? and it would you know we'd have to destroy a lot of institutions that we've already built in mm-hmm. order to build this which mm-hmm. would take a lot of time and take a lot of money but i mean it's worth it for our planet because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people say it's too hard you know doing all this stuff it takes so much time but like you said it's like it's worth it you know because if we say it's too hard now it's gonna be harder later mm-hmm. <laughs> well later it won't just be harder it'll be irreversible mm-hmm. there'll be nothing we can do they say that within the next 30 years we have 30 years to clean up our planet i think it's like honestly i would say 30 to 50 cause i'm not 100 percent sure i was hearing it was like 10 i don't think it's i think 10 is a little a little, a little short. Ten might have just been like scare factor. Like, <laughs> scare factor. Ah! It's like that's the really really low end. <laughs> but I think the general consensus consensus it's about thirty years. And mm-hmm. we're actually I showed Nora a video yesterday, and it's a song. It's by Lil Dicky. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> He's a rapper, and he put out a song called Earth, and he released it a couple weeks ago, and it features like thirty of some of the most famous musicians today, like. I don't know how you feel about them all, but like they're Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Pharrell Williams, Halsey, Halsey, uh, Adam Levine, there's Miley yeah. Cyrus, Katy Perry. Uh, hmm? Who's that? Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio was in it, mm-hmm. and the song. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a goofy song, but the message I feel was really, really good. One line he says, he says, "We're humans, and we've walked the earth for so long, and we still don't know anything." Yeah. You know, it's like we live on this planet and we take so much from it and we give nothing back. We take it for granted, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think of our just our solar system. There is no planet that could sustain life. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is our one shot mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah. And instead we're like, whoa, look at Mars, man. <laughs> like, that's cool. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, forget about Mars if you can't take care of your own Earth. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I think it's just really admirable that. These, of course, you can say they're celebrities, they're rich, but I still think it's good that they're getting the message out there. They're raising awareness, you know? Because I feel like a lot of kids nowadays, they really look up to, like, celebrities. Yeah. You know? And I think even if it's just through a song, but again, even with that song, all the proceeds they receive from streaming, from the video, they're donating it all to, to the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation to find to find like to donate money to find solutions to get the word out yeah i just think i wish i wish we had more stuff like that right now you know yeah yeah one of the um plaintiffs in this in this case against the u.s mm-hmm. is a guy named Shutescal martinez mm-hmm. and he's another artist he kind of it's more like rap and um i don't know how to describe it but it's just like it's music that flows you know mm-hmm and he makes all of his music like greenly is what he calls it so everything that he does Mm -hmm. he is thinking about how it's impacting the earth Mm. you know and it's you know it's not that hard it's not hard it's not it's just it does take more effort Mm -hmm. but at a certain point Mm -hmm. that effort is worth it i know i really truly believe that yeah and i know earlier we mentioned like methane is a big pollutant in play within our uh, atmosphere and one thing that a lot of people don't know is that when methane goes to landfills, not, not when methane goes, but when food scraps go to landfills, it releases a lot of methane. Because mm-hmm. usually, like, you, it goes by decomposition. You, you know what? The food de- decomposes and it just goes into the earth. But the thing is, it's like when it's in these landfills, 
there's a lack of oxygen and so instead of decomposing regularly it decomposes in a way that's anaerobic so it releases a lot of methane so a lot of methane comes from our landfills and a way to combat that is composting yeah. you know just have a little compost bin in your backyard an educator here at the science center mm-hmm. is Erin yes Erin mm-hmm. love Erin she's mm-hmm. all about the composting and she told us that what is it like 40% of all food in the US ends mm-hmm. up in a landfill mm-hmm. you know yeah so and I think mm-hmm. one of that has to do with Americans have such big proportion or portions mm-hmm. of food we don't finish them we don't finish it you yeah. know so just Start cutting down, you know? Not, uh, yeah, just like, or just, they, they say it's so easy just to like, if you get a smaller plate, mm-hmm. just get more. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, as humans, it's part of our brain is that when we see something empty, we want to fill it. Mm-hmm. That's because people buy these big houses mm-hmm. and they fill it with stuff. Fill furniture. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you see empty things and you want to have it filled. Mm-hmm. So just by having a smaller plate, you can cut down mm-hmm. on your portion sizes and cut down on how much food you're throwing out mm-hmm. and then even if you are throwing out food just to be mindful to maybe try and compost because composting mm-hmm. is so easy you just need a little bin you need some worms yeah and then you just need to turn every once in a while and worms are cheap worms too. are super cheap you and can, you can pull them out the ground yeah. really. <laughs> natural harvesting <laughs> yeah. no and then yeah because you can just compost like apple cores, banana peels. You don't want to compost, like, <laughs> meat. You're going to have coyotes running yeah. around or something. <laughs> yeah, so, and people, a lot of scary is like, oh, the compost bin will smell. And it's like, no, if you do it right, it won't. It's yeah. so easy, you know? You just got to... And also, no one's telling you to put, you know, the compost bin, you know, right by your house, yeah. right under a window, mm. you know, just... <laughs> like the sun hit it. Yeah. <laughs> There's all these things. People don't take care of it, right? You're supposed to get in there and, like, if you have a big compost mm-hmm. pile, you're supposed to get in there and, like, flip the dirt and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But just having a little bin, it's not going to smell. If you just give a little shake every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you get, keep your worms in there. They're doing all the work mm-hmm. for you. Because my... Because yeah. my environmental science teacher, he has a compost, a, a big compost bin in his room, in his classroom at school. I didn't know that. No, he I'm does. Just aware. huge. Just sits on the counter. <laughs> and then he'll just throw like bananas, apple cores, whatever in there. And it's a huge bed. The soil is so fertile too. It's mm. like very, very rich. It's very like deep, rich in color. And it's like that kind of soil is so expensive because it's so fertile. You know, in our soils, it can be less and less fertile because of overplanting, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> but it's just like, he has it in his classroom, and we never, no one even knew until he told us it was in there. Because there was no smell. The classroom isn't that big, right? So if there was like some kind of musty odor, we would know. Yeah, you know in a school, all those kids are musty, and you know who the musty kids are. <laughs> you know? And so but, we, but the difference between a musty kid and a musty compost bin, you could tell. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely would have known, and we didn't even know, you know? And so it's just, if you do it right, it's so easy, Yeah. you know? You know? Mm. All right. I think it's time for our third segment. Third segment? Which is just, you know, crew updates. Getting to know crew. Yeah. Who are we and uh, what are we about, really? Because yeah. you've, you've heard us talk a little bit, but... What's life like? What are we doing? <laughs> What's life like as crew? So part of our um, our crew program, we've been I've been here for four years. Mm-hmm. I've been here for three. And um, in the past two years, we have done two projects mm-hmm. that have been specifically geared towards like, environmental awareness. Yes, environmental awareness. We have built 
a boat completely out of like recycled bottles recycled plastic bottles we have not gotten the chance to take it out on the lake see if it works <laughs> yeah you know but that's that's we're getting there we're getting there that's part of the plan and we also just recently just a few weeks ago actually completed um a seal made entirely out of recycled cardboard plastic bottles um plastic anything really yeah and then cans cans we- yeah. Like Clor- like empty Clorox containers. Yeah. Anything we could get our little hands on. Mm-hmm. We were using it because we needed a lot because we made a full-size seal. Yeah, this thing is big. I think I, I measured it the other day Did because you? we're trying to donate it to mm-hmm. a place to keep it more... Um, on display. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. to keep it on display. And it's big. It's big. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. a big boy. <laughs> I think it's about... I can't remember the... It's close to five feet tall, I think. If it's Five feet tall? Yeah. I and think then so. It's at least... Five feet long. Yeah. I would say closer to six I feet, I think closer probably. to six feet, too. It was... It's a big boy. It's a big boy. It was a chore to take him through the door, because we didn't... We forgot to measure the door before we built him. <laughs> and this... Keep in mind, this project has been going on probably since August. Yeah. But it took us a long time to gather materials yeah. for him. Yeah. But no, even... We couldn't get our materials, so I just started... Going, I went to school and I said, I, also Mr. Stanley again. Shout out to Mr. Stanley. <laughs> to Mr. Stanley, plastic bottles, I'll take them all. You know, and he drank those naked juices. <laughs> those are good. Those are good. He those had good. he had like six for me every single week, and those build up. Like, you know, I feel like those are kind of tiny, so you think, eh, not a big deal. But I had a huge like garbage bag full of just like yeah. naked bottles and just like water bottles they from were, other people. They were useful. I know a lot about plastic now too mm-hmm. because let me tell you, those naked bottles they got that thick plastic. They got that thick plastic. Which means you can glue that right on there. <laughs> that hot glue. Yeah, it's not melting. It's mm-hmm. not burning your hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those were a blessing. Those were a blessing. Because we also had these thin, like, water bottles, and they would melt so quick, and then we get melted plastic on our hands, and we were, like, <laughs> kept burning ourselves. And then it would, like, distort the shape, too, mm-hmm. because you would think it'd be, like, in one position, mm-hmm. and it would just kind of, like, bend in and just mm-hmm. kind of melt into itself. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, what are you doing here? But we're very proud of the seal. Yes. It turned out really nice because the first, it was not cute. <laughs> we, um, our friend Rachel, Rachel Chen, mm-hmm. shout out to Rachel, helped us with most of the building of mm-hmm. the seal. She did. She, she's our third, third person who's not present, but... We had a whole f- photo shoot after we finished. Oh, we did. We were proud of that seal. <laughs> we were back in this dank room. <laughs> it's like the the back facilities room. We're just like a whole bunch, a whole bunch of like air conditioner, air conditioner, like the huge industrial one. Yeah. <laughs> so we are in this dank room and just having a full photo shoot with this seal. Funny story, you weren't here when it happened, <laughs> but there we have a whole bunch of like cardboard boxes back there because people like some of the educators would just bring us supplies too. Yeah. They would just drop it back there because we were working on the seal, right? There's a whole bunch of cardboard boxes, and we'd finished the seal. And so a man from facilities, he came and let us know that we need to break them down, right? And then so Nora wasn't here that day. I was here by myself. So I was like, I'll just break them down. I've got time. So I start breaking them down. It took me a while. <laughs> and then I lift up a box, and inside is a pig, a whole pig that's made for dissection just in a bag. <gasps> I thought you were it was just soaking in formaldehyde <laughs> in that little bag and I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> no, Nori, you weren't here. It was a real pig. It was a real pig. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I did not expect a pig in here. And so I had to go and get our volunteer coordinator, Nicholas. I had to come and get him to get it for me because I was like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> no way. And I mean, I've seen 
a lot of weird, just gross things. Mm. Not, just, not even just here, just, mm-hmm. you know, in life. There's just a bunch of weird stuff. But that, that sounds nasty. That pig was still good, too. I don't know how long it's been <laughs> back there, but they just put it back in. Because, like, you know, it's soaking formaldehyde, so it doesn't need to be, like, refrigerated or anything. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, this is yeah. not a look. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's just one of the things that just happens by mistake, you know? Yeah, you just kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, is this box empty? Sure, good to yeah. see you, Nora. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. definitely a, a one-time thing, but it was just a shock. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> um, So we've mentioned a lot of things about mm-hmm. our volunteer coordinator and educators. Just run down. The educators are just the people that, like, plan the events days and, like, plan... They run the program. ...the activities, mm-hmm. and yes, and they're amazing. We love them. We love them. Couldn't do what we do without them. Oh, no. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our job, like, depends on a lot of their work. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, as crew members, we just kind of volunteer, help out with whatever they need help with, mm-hmm. really. Anytime they could pull us, mm-hmm. we'd just go help them. So Nora and I are both seniors this year, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like for both of us, crew has been, like, a very integral part of oh, our high yeah. school experience, you know? Yeah, it's taught me a lot, and um, also just the sheer amount of hours oh my gosh. I've spent at the Adventure Science Center. Nora has, like, over 700. Oh, yeah. I have over 500. It's one of my crowning achievements. That right really there. is. And, like, to put that on a college application... Mm, that was good. You know? Because that's not just, like, oh, yeah, she, you know, volunteered with Ronald McDonald House or whatever. <laughs> For like two hours, which yeah. is still good. Hey, if you can go hey, and volunteer Ronald McDonald, you do it. Any volunteer work any is good. Any volunteer work is good. But hey, 700 hours of volunteer work, that's bomb. <laughs> 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 yeah, because you know some of these colleges, they just looking for the numbers. They are. They're looking for the numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty sad. That's a whole other podcast about the institutions mm. that we have built surrounding education. Mm-hmm. But that can be another day. <laughs> another day. <laughs> and I think also just because Nora and I, we go to the same school. Mm-hmm. But and we've gone to the same school for eight years now. Yeah. But we didn't really get close until we started doing crew together. So we started volunteering together. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> Now it's like I, because <laughs> at school we have different friend groups, mm-hmm. but I feel like out of my all my friends, Nora's like one of the first people I would come to talk about like stuff I actually Aww. care about. Yeah, Celine's definitely my my closest friends mm-hmm. because it's all those hours together, <laughs> <laughs> it's all those hours of just sitting and being like, well, because mm-hmm. even working on our seal and on our boat, we would just sit in the room for like eight hours at a time and just glue bottles together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's just been... There's a lot of friendships mm-hmm. built. In We've made a lot of friends from different schools, too, because crew is all over Nashville. Not just from different schools, just, like, even the people who work at the Adventure Science mm-hmm. Center, mm-hmm. getting to know them has been super beneficial because, you know, all day long, we're with these hormonal teenagers, and we're <laughs> one of them, and it's just... <laughs> It's a whole mess. But then we come here, and it's, like, people who have their lives together. And they're like, <laughs> you don't need to worry so much. Like, mm-hmm. everything turns out okay. Yeah. So it's just... It's, it's a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a teenager in Nashville looking for some volunteer time. <laughs> Freshman to junior. Yes. You can uh, sign up for crew. It's on the Metro Science Center website. And <laughs> if you are an adult or a senior in high school or whatever, mm-hmm. you can sign up to be a general volunteer. Mm-hmm. Which um, is good because it's it's less time that you have to dedicate towards being here. It's on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. and there's less hours that you need. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways for you to get involved, specifically here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just a little more crew update, just on Nora and I. 
in case you guys want to know, if you don't want to know, you can just click out. It's okay. We don't mind. <laughs> we're just here to chat. We're here to chit chat. <laughs> so we're both seniors. We're graduating in, what is it, 11 days? I think it's 11 days. Yeah, that's, oh, that's pretty crazy. Big things. May 21st. May 21st. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come, just try to guess which school it is. <laughs> but yeah, May 21st. Um, and then I'm going to DePaul University, which is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be heading up to good old Rocky Top. <laughs> Woo! K-Town. <laughs> what? K-Town? Knoxville? Oh, oh, is that what people call it nowadays? I don't know. Just threw that Because <laughs> K-Town's due to Koreatown. Oh. <laughs> That's how I was like, what? <laughs> Well, no, but yeah, I think senior year for us has definitely been a lot because we we're actually going to be camp counselors at ASC <laughs> over the summer, and so we were we just came in probably about three weeks ago. Yep. And um, our camp count our camp coordinator was like, "I haven't seen you guys' application for camps yet," and we we're like, "We didn't know we could." Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Just send it in. You guys can be hired, right?" But we had to meet our our requirements. So Nora has to meet 150, and I have to meet 200. <laughs> and so <laughs> we came in, both of us needing, well, I think you needed like 90. Right? I needed less than 100. I think it was, oh, maybe it was closer to like 75. 75? Somewhere in there. And I needed like 115. <sighs> <laughs> and so right now we have like two more weeks to get our hours. I only need, I think, 32 more. I think after today, only like 20 more. Yeah. And so we're we're hitting our stride. We've been coming in. <laughs> We've been skipping school. We've been skipping school. <laughs> like it's the end of the year and we just have like a couple of classes left to take exams. But we said, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get them hours. Gotta get that cash. Yeah, and because usually, you know, after you take the AP exam, you don't have to come to your AP classes anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think well, for both of us, we have five AP classes right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're taking five, and then all we have is, like, we're, we're exempt from our honors classes. Mm-hmm. And so from this point forward, I have two more AP exams, and Nora has three. three. Nora has three more. and But I only have, but it's, the whole schedule's weird. So I only, yeah. the only classes that are actually running are, like, two of them. Yeah, because so. we do, we're only doing odd, like, we're doing double days. So it's, like, first period, third period, it's fifth like period, seventh period. Block schedule. Yeah, it's, like, a block schedule, and so... I came in on Wednesday to do a half day, and I went to my second and my fourth, my, my second period, my third period, and I just learned nothing. <laughs> I feel like I feel so bad because the teachers are trying to like review, but even they know the seniors are checked out, man. Yeah, we had one teacher who was like, "I was expecting like twenty kids today, so mm-hmm. I gotta get go make more copies for all this." Because there were 23 of us instead yeah. of 20. And that's usually she'll have at least like, how many? Like 60. Yeah, in a day. Yeah. In a day, yeah. And then everyone from different class periods. Because I came in for fourth period and I'm in third period. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they, the teachers know. And then she finished class early and we just left. Yeah, she finished 30 minutes early and she was like, I'm done. And we're like, well, we're going to volunteer now. <laughs> we, we just we just drove right on over to the Venture Science Center. Oh, yeah, because my friends are like, hey, Nora, like, are you at school today? Like, let's hang out. And I'm like, volunteering again. <laughs> like, you know me and Celine. <laughs> my, my friends joke, they're just like, Celine, you pretty much live at the Adventure Science Center. And I'm just like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and what about it? <laughs> yeah, you got a problem with that? I'm learning. <laughs> um, I forgot where we were going with all of that. I think we're just chit-chatting. We're just having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, if we're talking more about crew, like, we absolutely love doing camps over the summer. Oh, yeah, that's how... Because when I started doing camps, I was... 
oh, it was like three years ago. So I was coming out of my freshman year of high school mm-hmm. and I just started doing camps mm-hmm. and it was fun. It's so fun. These little kids, yeah. they're just running circles around you mm-hmm. and it's the time of your life, let me it, tell you. And I think the best thing is, of course, this will sound probably awful to some people when they hear about it, but we come in for like whole week eight to like four or five every single day so it's like a school day but you're volunteering <laughs> but it's so fun because you get to know these kids you get to hang out with them oh, so get to help with activities and they're all so sweet and just being able to, i feel like the most liberating thing is getting to around wednesday and knowing everyone's names oh yeah that's when you're really in charge is when you can like kaylee <laughs> sit oh steven come on expect more from me (laughs) um but one of my favorite camp stories is from it's either my first or second year Mm -hmm. and i was working with like the little little kids Mm -hmm. so they were like five six at most seven Mm -hmm. they were the most precious things and i had this one little kid and this is i dyed my hair purple you guys (laughs) and when i say purple i mean purple purple like it was bright purple and there was this little boy who also had purple hair Aww. he was really shy and like didn't really have many friends but me and him would just play thumb wars oh, all so day long cute. So cute. we would just play thumb wars and all the counselors would joke that like he looked like my little son like a little, <laughs> like a little version of me with her purple hair mm-hmm. and i just like it's true that he's his son not little brother <laughs> i don't it was one of the two i don't know that's just that's so my favorite memory from camps is i think two summers ago yeah. maybe the one or two summers ago and there was a group of four japanese four japanese kids they were probably pretty young i'd say probably six or seven. Oh, they were cute they were <laughs> so cute and their parents their dad was on business in america and so they all were coming over and it was it was three different like families together like two a brother and a sister and then two other and they were so cute, so sweet. So a few of them didn't speak English all that well, but they were the cutest. I remember they taught me how to play like rock, paper, scissors in Japanese, and that's all we would do, <laughs> just yeah. all the time. I, I can't remember. It was like, like sh- I don't want to say it embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but didn't you guys also have a game with um, one of the counselors named Cedric? Who oh, was Cedric, an amazing, amazing counselor. He's one of, like, mm-hmm. I've never seen someone that good with kids. He's so good with kids. He's amazing. But anyways, they would have this game mm-hmm. where he, Cedric would chase them around. Oh, my gosh. Pretending to be, like, a, a monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute because mm-hmm. he would just be like, <laughs> and just running around chasing these little Japanese kids. And they would, like, yell at him in Japanese, and he'd just be like, <laughs> They They loved it. I think it was so fun because even though there was a language barrier, it's so easy to just communicate with anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think being at AC has taught us so much, communica- so much communication skills. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, because we were hanging out with kids and we, like, we couldn't speak Japanese. They, some of them couldn't really speak English that well, but we were having the best time, you know? And I think we were, we were getting over that language barrier, you know? Because <laughs> I just feel like it was an amazing, I remember them. They were, they were the sweetest kids ever. I yeah. love them. They always had their cute like bento lunches and their mom would like make little pictures and they have like special like the special like like ramune like the japanese drink and they would have like japanese snacks they would share with us they were so cute oh, i love kids yeah they're so precious they're so precious you know i'm still waiting for them to come back but i don't think they will because i think their dad was just in town for business for just Probably. that summer but they had a great time i'm just happy they had a great time you know <laughs> i'm glad i could learn rock paper scissors just so i could hang out with them (laughs) yeah Mm. Mm -hmm. i think good times yeah so 
I think we might start wrapping up, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's the crew experience. That's crew experience. From Celine and Nora. Yeah. Talk a little bit about our environment, how what we can do to mitigate pollution and help our endangered species. Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good times. So this is uh, coming coming straight from the underground. That's right. We're under the planetarium right now. <laughs> a little dungeon thing. But... We're sitting in the back with a whole bunch of just, like, boxes, and there's, like, a naked human skeleton over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know who's listening, but... We'll be back next time, probably. Might be us. Might be someone else. Who knows? Oh, I think it'll be us, because I really want to talk about aliens. Ooh, tune in next next time for our extraterrestrial podcast. Ooh. Are aliens real? Sp- yes, they are. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. Nora and Celine. We out. We out. <laughs>